Warning! The following live webcast might contain content that some people find crude, vulgar, or objectionable. When watching this program, please make sure the room is well lit and do not sit too close to the screen. If you're uptight, easily offended, or lacking a sense of humor, please stop watching right now and leave the internet. Now it's time for Mike Live. is this foolishness how many dreams can you shape in a minute an hour the kind of clean you like best lost three of my teeth too all right so you lost next time you win steamy hot hearty delicious invigorating Folks at home, folks at home, how you doing tonight? Welcome to Ike Live. I am freaking jumping in my seat. Two reasons I'm jumping in my seat right now. You see the little jumps? One is I'm home. <laughs> Holy crap. After uh, six and a half weeks on the road, I'm finally home, back in the studio. It's so great to be here. The other reason I'm jumping in my seat is we have a phenomenal show for you tonight. Live in studio, JT Kenny. Live via Skype, Otto, Seth Fighter, Gerald Swindle. It's going to be a sick show. Before we start, let me introduce my co-host in this madness, the one and only who who uses the word bitches very freely, <laughs> Pete Glusick. Pete, how you doing tonight? I'm doing good, man. Good see, I, dude, it cracks me up because I didn't get to see. I didn't get to see the. Uh, Bassmaster Live from Lake Champlain, day two. Tremendous comeback, and we're going to talk to you more about that. Huge day. Uh, but my uncle is a hardcore bass head, so he watches all that stuff. And my uncle said it was the most amazing thing. You got up there, you're talking about your day, and you said something about Ike Live, and then you pointed at the camera and said, I'm Pete Glusick, bitches. And Chris Bowes just looked at you. I love that. He he said he must have lost a bet. Oh, yeah. And you didn't. No. You said no. that on your own accord. Hey, you know, you drop 20 pounds on the scale. Right. I'm Pete Glusick, bitches. Mic right. drop. Off the stage, baby. Right. That's how you do it. That's how you do it. Well, it's awesome. It's uh, good Good to see you. Good to be back. Uh, last show, we were uh, separated by mm-hmm. distance. I was via Skype, so it's good to be back. It's good to have you back. Con- Thank you. Congratulations on making the classic. Thank you. Thank continuing you. your uh, being the leader in yes. uh, the consecutive classic Thank you. category. Very proud of that. Well done. Very proud of it. We're going to talk about that a little later. Uh, let's start, in every show, we start by thanking the military, uh, men and women, uh, active military veterans. Thank you guys for what you do. This is dude, this world is freaking crazy. Every time I turn on the news, it's nuts. Uh, policemen, firemen, EMT, 
Thank you guys for what you do. It's amazing. Uh, and, and let's start. Let's let's do a little rundown, Pete, of the sponsors because that's a very important part of Ike Live. Are these companies that support this show? So let's do a quick rundown. Uh, man, Mystery Tackle Box. I know a lot of you guys know about it. They're always sitting here on the Ike Live Studio table. Uh, dude, it is like if you're a fish head, it is like Christmas at your doorstep once a month. The hottest new baits coming right to your fingertips every month. It's a hot product, man. It's a very hot product for most people, not for me, because every time it comes to my house, Jake steals it. Your son steals it. My son steals it. I I never get to see any of the lures. Yeah. But uh, the... uh, one of our other big sponsors is Flambo, and I gotta I gotta thank Flambo uh, uh, for providing us for, for providing me with some great tackle boxes. And I every time I go to a tournament site, I uh, I, I make a tackle box dedicated to that particular lake. It helps me get to I all do my, the same thing. all my baits real fast, so I don't don't have to dig through my boat for it. So uh, love the Flambo tackle box. Thanks, guys. Yeah, and you notice the hat I'm wearing tonight, Brian DeCarpenter. Give me a little close up of my head here tonight. Covered up my bald spot tonight is the Liquid Mayhem hat. Uh, liquid Mayhem, uh, you know, if you're a believer in scent, and I am in certain situations, it absolutely works. Liquid Mayhem is the deal. Try it out. And we've got a special for our viewers tonight, Pete. Um, if you use the code IKELIVE25 tonight on any purchase, Sweet. you're going to get 25% off anything on Liquid Mayhem's site tonight. So great deal from them. Uh, and let me mention that Pete's favorite scent is Balloon Knot and Liquid Mayhem. They don't make that scent. They're okay. All right. <laughs> <laughs> We'd like to also thank uh, the folks at TH Marine. And I can't tell you how important that product was for me again on Champlain from running the big water at my Atlas Jack Plate, mm. being able to get that, that prop wet, keeping it low in the water. And then the lake was three feet low, so I was running in crazy places that I probably shouldn't have and, and, and getting it up high, getting it up out of the water. Key product. Uh, amazing product. They make so many amazing products from rod tie downs to Jack Plates to G Juice. TH Marine, they're the best. Thanks for being with us. Yeah, uh, shout out also Tackle Warehouse. Uh, everybody I know shop, shops Tackle Warehouse. If you want it quick, you want the right stuff, use Tackle Warehouse. Um, and finally, uh, and end it, end it with a big one for us, Hobie Kayaks. Kayak fishing is, is sweeping the country. It's changing the way we fish, makes fishing accessible to a lot of places, to a lot of people. Uh, check out Hobie Kayaks. They have the pedal drive system, hands-free fishing. It's amazing. And if you missed a show, I don't know, a lot of viewers here are watching tonight, they missed it. We did a kayak show with uh, one of the pioneers of the sport, Chad Hoover. Um, you could go back to our archive shows and watch or listen to that show anytime. Awesome. And it's, it's going to be awesome. Let me jump back real quick, and we talked about Mystery Tackle Box. Got one right here in my hand. And uh, we're also doing a special, and uh, and this is pretty amazing. And this is for Ike Live listeners and viewers only. This is an exclusive for you guys. Um, if you use the coupon code Ike Live, okay, use the coupon code Ike Live. Sign up for Mystery Tackle Box. You're going to get fifty percent half off. Your first Pro Box, the Black Box. And this is the box with the good stuff. So uh, use that code. Great code. Uh, use the promo There's code. There's horrible stuff in the other box. I didn't say that. Uh, use the promo code IKELIVE and you get 50% off 
your first box. Uh, Pete, you remember when you got your first box? <laughs> it was a long time ago. It was a long time ago. It was a long time ago. They weren't trimmed back. It was, no, the boxes were terrible, man. They were Simmer down. Just out there. Uh, I want to jump right into it. Let me uh, finish introducing the room because we've got some um, amazing people in the room tonight. Uh, and let's start on the casting couch. And uh, God, we missed this guy. Mm-hmm. I know a lot of a lot of the viewers tonight are are watching and listening, and they're saying, "Where the hell's Dave been? Where's my Where's my beloved Fathead been?" <laughs> and Dave, back in the studio tonight. We're so Thank glad you. to have Welcome you back. Welcome back, Dave. Thanks, guys. Great to be back. Uh, Look great. Dave, Good to see you. Seriously, it's great to have you back. There was Thanks, a true what, what What would you call it, Pete? Like a void in the show. Like something was missing. Like the, I, I felt sad. There was something going on. Dave, Dave's presence is is felt. It's very matter of fact. It's you know can be aggressive, often targeted at me. <laughs> um. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> Good to have you back. <laughs> Great to have you back, Dave. Great to have you back. Thanks. And sitting next to Fathead um, is a guy that I've known for a long time. Uh, Arguably, arguably, is that a word? Arguably. That is. One of the realest guys in the sport, which I love and I appreciate. Uh, and and one of our speakers at the Bash University. Yes, yes. Very, JT very good Kenny speaker. in studio. Welcome, everybody. JT. I, I am truly happy to be here. And I would just like to say right off the bat that there is a 100% chance that I am definitely going to offend someone tonight. Yes. I am just glad to be here and to do it on your show, and I am just proud that you have me. This is the place. We do three things very well in this show. Okay. We drink beer. I'm we, good at that. We talk fishing. I'm good at that. And we offend people. Yes. So you're perfect. Three for three, baby. I'm in. Uh, let me continue introducing the room and in the box, back in the booth, uh, these are we the people that full make house. It, yeah, they make it happen. They're really instrumental in creating a show for us every other week. We've got our producer, the one and only Brian the Carpenter, aka Ding Dong. How you doing, Brian? Hey, good to see you tonight, Brian. We were talking off uh, off camera a second ago. <clears throat> An unusually calm. And unstressed, Brian the Carpenter. <laughs> what, what is, what's all that about? Hey, you know. Are you off your meds? Or hey, what's forget happening? about it, huh? <laughs> okay. No reason. We'll talk nah. about meds here. Okay, we're not talking about any meds. <laughs> no meds. Uh, and uh, in the booth, helping Brian tonight, he's going to be on the IMs, the one and only Dave the Intern, a.k.a. Tom, in the house tonight. <laughs> Dave, how you doing? Great, how are you? Mom? Now I want to call you to the plate on something. This is very interesting. Brian, you got his mic hot. Uh, mic hot. There we go. Uh, you, we were you were in the office the other day and we were hanging out and um, and I thought it was interesting because you were fishing like you you actually you went out back and you started fishing. I did. You kind of you want to you want to learn this thing, right? You want to get wrap your arms around. I it. I do want to learn this thing. I figured. I mean, I work for you and I work with Pete and all yes. these other guys. Might as well start sometime, right? Okay, Pete. Is there any way can we do me and you do just a little guided trip <laughs> with Dave for about thirty thirty minutes an hour one of these days? Absolutely. Okay. We'll have a we'll have a quick. Bash University advanced course. We'll get them all <laughs> dialed in. Advanced awesome. course. Advanced, advanced course. I got the advanced course. <laughs> and advanced BU. And then finally, last but not least, uh, rounding out the, the crew in the booth tonight, the one and only, my beautiful, lovely wife, Rebecca. How you doing tonight, Beck? Hi. <laughs> Good to see you. Uh, got two questions for you tonight. Usually uh, it's only one. First one is, who are you wearing? It's so boring. I'm wearing Gap and Anthropology because I've been in a truck all day. Gap and Anthropology. It does sound pretty they, boring. They, Gap and Anthropology? Don't 
they don't think it's boring. Okay. <laughs> I, I should be sponsored. Okay. That's right. And, and then the you second should. big question for you tonight, we yeah. did a Facebook Live right before we came on. A lot of comments about what is your secret sauce that you use on the ribs? Barbecue ribs. Well, if it's a secret, I can't tell. Oh, you you don't want to give any information about no, how I'm you not prepare gonna, the ribs. I am not. No, they saw how they were prepared. I'm not going to tell <laughs> what was on them. Did you pulverize and the did, meat at all? Did, <laughs> Watch it. And every, I hey, uh, everyone enjoyed the ribs, so that's oh, all that matters. <laughs> I am not answering these questions. I did that once. <laughs> they were good. Uh, let me pulverize. Uh, pulverize. Like let, re- pulverize. <laughs> Do I have to draw it? We might have to draw that. Uh, we need a, uh, uh, yeah, we need a whiteboard here. Uh, let me remind everybody, uh, it's key. We want to hear from you. You're a key part of the show. Lots of ways to get in touch with us here at the Ike Live Show, of course. Right there on your IM, instant messaging right there on your screen. Please hit us up on the IM if you've got questions or concerns. Also, a little later in the show, we're going to have... A toll-free number up, Pete, and we're going to take callers, and we're going to be talking to people to get their comments and questions about what we're talking about. Well, I, I hope I hope we get a lot of callers. I th- I'm sure we will. We have such a great lineup of guests. Fighter, red hot, you know, coming off of his first big win yeah. and a second-place finish and uh, really establishing himself. And Ott getting his first Elite Series win. Yes. Gerald entering an elite, elite group Very of elite. ten anglers. That have won multiple AOIs, um, you know. JT live in studio. I mean, what's what's this, you know? Come this, on, this is a killer show. Let's call and in. I want to start in the present. Uh, you guys just got back from Lake Champlain. Mm-hmm. Everybody knows one of the best fisheries in the world. It fished better. The weights were as better, as good as I've ever seen. Yeah, I want you guys to talk about term a little bit, but let me start with you, JT, because this is what surprised me. I'm watching and I'm watching the leaderboard the first day. And I see your weight come up. It was like high 18s, mid-18s. And I'm like, man, yeah, JT. I'm like, man, we're going to have a winner here in the studio. Either him or Pete. They're going to bring back this trophy. We're going to have a winner here. And I'm watching. And the whole weigh-in's done. And I went back and started going through the photos. And I almost shit myself. You had smallmouth. Yeah. yeah, You know, I've been fishing. I, I was actually thinking about it while I was up there. I've been to Champlain 14 times. And, you wow. know, major tournaments. I wow. mean, that's between, you know, Everstarts, Costas, whatever FLW wants to call their AAA league now. <laughs> yeah. Um, and FLW Tour events, Bass Opens, you know, the whole thing. I've been there a lot. And and one of the things I've kind of learned about it is it really seems like if you're there in June, July, maybe the first week of August, largemouth tend to dominate. Right. But it seems like when you start getting into that late August and September, and especially late September, dude, those smallmouths start putting on the weight, yeah. and they're actually viable. And and the best, in my opinion, the best thing to have is something that, that Pete has done really good at over the years, and also Dave Wolak, is being able to get three or four big smallmouth and then a kicker largemouth. Right. Like, that's really how I think you can win in the fall. And I just, I never got that that largemouth deal put together, you know, right. and and the second day I only had 16 and a half pounds, and it's just, I caught just as many fish, had a blast, caught a bunch of those giant Lake Champlain smallmouth, but not those just little more giant. Yeah. Like there's, just like you know, there's so much difference between a three and a half and a three and three quarter. Oh, like, yeah. dude, to the average dude, when he holds them up, they're like, it's two giant smallmouth, yeah. right? These are four pounders. Right. They, but they look like four pounders. Right, but and they're you hang not. Them. This one's three and three quarters, and it means 
shit. Right. And this one is <laughs> three and three quarters, and this this means Gold. winning. Right. Right. You know what I mean? It's crazy, it's so, isn't it? It is. It's just like... It, it, it's amazing to me that you can catch 16 and a half pounds of smallmouths and be a little depressed. Right. Isn't that amazing? But yet, 18 and a half, only two pounds more right. is... Woo! Yeah. yeah. You know, it's yeah. that's what kind of fishery the, that place is. Yeah. The money cut after day one was 17 pounds. That's un, that's unbelievable. And that, you know, for Lake Champlain... That's unbelievable. Remember the first year we went there, it was like 50... You had to... If you had less than 15 pounds, you were out. And it was amazing yeah, to 16 us. 16 got you Yeah, because we never, we never fished a place where money cut was at 15 pounds never. a day. Never. You know? That, and, far, that far deep in the field. Right. Yeah. yeah. And, and, uh, and to have a tournament that was, that was taking place just years later, where everybody's claiming, you know, fishing's down. Downhill, downhill. Here's Champlain rocking. Shows oh, out. Record yeah. setting. I mean, shows out. Record Amazing. setting weights. That's crazy. Now, um, you've won on Lake Champlain. Mm-hmm. You've fished Ticonderoga a lot. Did that ever cross your mind, that run down south? Did you practice there or did you commit to the north end? Honest, of the honestly, the first day I went up there, um, I've been on the road for like four or five weeks. The first day I got up there, I stayed with two other buddies. They got up at the crack of daylight. You know, we, we got a room in Ticonderoga. They got up at the crack of daylight, went out. I slept in a little bit. I'll be the first one to admit, dude, it's been a long road trip. Yeah. I slept in a little bit. I get up about 7.30. I'm kind of getting a shower, getting around, getting ready to go out, put in at Ticonderoga and fish. Dude, I get a call from both of them, like five minutes apart, that there's hardly any grass. The water's super muddy. You know, wow. they hadn't caught anything. And I was like, 10-4. I hung up. Got in the truck, and instead of driving just down the street to the Ticonderoga boat ramp, I just went on up. Because I already had in my yeah. mind I was going to smallmouth fish right. anyway. Right. Mm-hmm. So that was just a super good excuse for me to not even you know, not, not even, even go down there and put yeah. in. Yeah. So. Yeah. And plus, I fish for largemouth all year long. I, you know, when there's a legitimate chance to win on smallmouth, dude, I want to fish for smallmouth. Yeah. A lot of people don't realize, but, like, the lake I grew up on wasn't Lake Okeechobee or anything. I grew up on Deep Creek Lake in western Maryland. Yeah, Maryland. Dude, I yeah. grew up with an upside-down pole in my hand. Like, I'm super comfortable <laughs> with that thing. And everybody's all, he's Mr. Big Flipper and all this stuff, yeah. which is cool and whatever. But, but no, I'm super comfortable with a spinning rod that in my hand. That throws people off. That throws people yeah. off. Because we've announced that you're well, going to be on the show. I throw people off a lot. Yeah. We're, Sometimes we're good. Sometimes bad, but yeah. yeah. We've announced it for weeks that you're going to be on the show, and everyone is like, JT, the king of flipping, the king of grass, the king of largemouth. And and it's just funny because you love catching smallmouth. I do love catching smallmouth. And the other funny thing is, too, dude, in the last three or four years, I've probably made more top tens fishing and 15 feet or deeper than I have you know, that? flipping and everything, yeah. but but you, once you get labeled as doing good a couple of times, something you know, yeah. that's all of a sudden yeah. he's the big flipping guy, which is cool. And I do love to flip, and when it's time, I'm super confident at doing it. Well, yeah. it really but, freaks it freaks us out and the rest of the guys in the tournament because when you're doing good, we figure you're flipping, so you're completely throwing us off. <laughs> right, and in the, in the last so in the last five or eight years, yeah. if I'm doing good, it's probably not flipping. Yeah. <laughs> now, if, it, if, it, if it was major league fishing, and you know your weights the first day were coming up, you know. JT, another four pound, another dude. Everybody would have went to the grass. The grass <laughs> I'm out there cranking a shell bed. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> flipping for their smallmouth hat. You know? right. hey, yeah. I, I have a Champlain question for the three of you. Has anyone ever done anything tournament wise south of Willsboro Bay, north of the bridge? In the middle part of the lake? Middle. I don't anyone think. Anyone ever? Because I know, I know tournaments have been won in Willsboro before. Yeah. But. Well, Historically, there hasn't been any big wins out of that area of the lake. Well, Scott Martin. 
uh, some of the smallmouth he, was he probably caught lying. when well that's the, yeah, <laughs> the <laughs> he was lying. There's the first he, offense. He's, he's going to be speaking for us. <laughs> first the, uh, offense of the night. <laughs> I, I heard that he caught some of the fish that he won with in that part of Lake Valcor Island, some spawning yeah. smallmouth in, in that general area. Well, Valcor's well, not Valcor's that north of Willsboro. Yeah, that's right. okay. Yeah, that that would still be where I would consider right. still right. some fish. Well, I consider that the belly of the lake. I know Scott Dobson, who's a friend of mine, has like three or four top Dobson's tens. Dobson's good at northern and, stuff. And he fishes that section of the lake, that middle part of the lake. But no, I've not heard of anybody ever win there. Yeah, I I, I, uh, I used to travel with a guy named Josh, and he drew out with a guy that lived down there. Mm-hmm. And uh, he's very consistent in a lot of the events. And he, he fished with them, and they went down and caught like 60 in a day. But the best he could muster was like 17 and three quarters, 17 and a half. So I, I think that's the deal down there. I think you could. Isn't that what the Lucarellis do? Uh, I, I'm not sure. They fish inland sea a lot. Yeah, oh, okay. I don't think Lucarellis. They fish are, inland sea a lot. They might so. live there, but I don't think they're. Yeah. But you know something that I've noticed, and I've tried to get more susceptible to my, you know, surroundings. The older I get, I'm just trying to figure out some way to make some more money. But anyway, if you notice, <laughs> the middle of that lake, the water doesn't look nearly as fertile. Right. You know what I'm saying? It's clear. Even, even though all of Champlain is clear, yep. mm-hmm. but it doesn't have that green. It has like that drab blue yeah. tint yeah. to yeah. it. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like, I don't think there's probably not as much bait. Yeah. You know, and there's, there's a lot less flats. A lot less right? expansive. A lot less deep, flats. It's deeper yeah. there, too. It's yep. vertical. Yeah. Yep. But the water just looks mm-hmm. different, and I don't think it's as fertile to sustain God, what we saw last week. That's, yeah, everybody's right. catching those fish on the ends. And, that of course, just, Brian mm-hmm. DeCarpenter confirmed this for me. The real reason tournaments are never won in that part of the lake, the sea monster champ. <laughs> eats all them freakers. Carnivore. Yeah. Can I say freakers since I can't say the freakers other one? Freakers is good. Okay. Mm-hmm. Freakers is good. Did, uh, now, did you power fish or did you I did uh, both. drop shot I, for I caught. Fish? I caught probably 75% of the ones I weighed in. I caught uh, on an upside-down pole. 30, 30 to 40 feet. <laughs> oh, wow. Super deep. You know, dro- dropping straight on. But, like, I wasn't even fishing. I would get up there, especially when it got calm. Right. I'd get up there and troll around on those key little high spots, you know, mm-hmm. that, that top out in 33, 34 out on those reefs. And when I'd see one, I was using a pretty heavy weight for drop shot fishing. I was using a half ounce just to get it. Because when you start seeing that guy coming up on your graph, that's real time. He's right under you. Right. Wow. It's you know that's not coming up to him. He's there. He's there. Video all. game fishing. Got to get pretty right much. Down. Yeah, yeah, but but drop it right now with mm-hmm. a heavy weight and it gets because the smallmouth are pretty dumb if you can get it in front of him. And then the other half I caught in like three feet. Uh, I would find them by power fishing and then catch them with something really really sissified. That's interesting. Okay, that's cool. Because they would follow my spinner bait right. in, follow up baits. and then and then they would come and they would go, oh look a boat, I'll get under there, yeah. and then they'd lay under my boat and I'd drop something over the side till I figured out something they'd bite. Wow. Oh, there he is. <laughs> my my buddy uh, Le Victory, uh, who also is one up there, is mm-hmm. super talented. He said the cold fronts that were happening prior to our tournament, uh, had the, he said the fishing was amazing. He's like it would have been even better. Wow. Than it was. I thought it was pretty damn good. He, he yeah. said the amount, the amount of like three to six pound smallmouth that were up yeah. and chomping on perch everywhere uh, was was mind blowing. Isn't it interesting that in the fall those cold fronts in that part of the country, in upstate area, triggers the smallmouth to feed? Mm-hmm. You know, everybody's always like, oh, cold front. It's like the kiss of death. 
But a lot of times it's a trigger. This time of year, bite. in the yeah. fall, you know, yeah. it is a big time of year. I think it 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 takes bait off the grass flats. It concentrates the bait, and yeah. uh, it does some things that are really yeah. cool. And unless you're fishing. Tom Hernishan or John McGraw, you're going to catch smallmouth. <laughs> <laughs> you know, <laughs> just about anywhere you go. Uh, you know, I got to tell you, I was um, so I got the I got the call. Uh, to, you know, whether I was going to come to Lake Champlain. In fact, you called me. I talked mm-hmm. to Gretchen, and then you called me. Like, you know, are you going to show up and uh, um, I elected not to fish it because I've been on the road for so long. Sure. But, dude, I, I, I want it to. <laughs> I want it to. I guess. And, and as I was watching you guys weigh on of those fish, I'm like, God, I should have. You know, mm-hmm. just from, from the aspect that it's it's like Champlain, man. Oh, yeah. You know, you know you're going to, like, you're going to have fun. If I'm not mistaken, 50th. too, is that was that not your first big national win? It was. It was. Sure was. First year as a pro, uh, second mm-hmm. tournament in. 94? It, uh, it was 99. No. Yeah, I was going to say it was later it was than the that. the fall yeah. of 99. Yep. I, yep. I got an interesting story about that. I, uh, I met a guy. That uh, now I'm gonna give this, but like you were fishing tire reefs in that I tournament. Was, it was te- it was televised. So yeah, I'm not giving away anything here, but <laughs> I'm, I was at the ramp. Don't worry, I've beat them up. So. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but I had to, I had this guy come up to me in that tournament, a, a, a local guy. I think his name was Rob. I met him again this week, and which reminded me of this. He helped me fix my boat, by the way. Thank you. Shout out to Rob. And, um, anyway, yeah, Rob. he uh, he told me, <clears throat> he's like, dude, tire reefs got to fish the tires and i'm like you hear so many people coming up to you at the ramp all the time got to do this doc talk yeah. this and i'm like yeah blah 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 <laughs> i never made a cast at a tire reef and i watched you jack four and five pounders off of them one after the other dude, it was it, 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 was, was, a, it was the biggest regret in my fishing career dude, it was amazing <laughs> it was amazing the, se- the second day of that tournament i caught 25 24 and three quarters all the big ones come out of tires God, that's wild dude man. and they were you know Back in the day, when they were like, you could tell something was unfished, and they were fish that had never been. It was just like that, oh, like, yeah. dude. And, you know, it was not tough fishing. The toughest part was getting them out, and a lot of the big ones, you know, they wouldn't hit on the edge of the tire reef. So I'd flip that jig in the middle of the tires, in the middle of the tire reef, and just, kunk, and then you'd have to get their head out, and then coming across the reefs. It was the craziest West thing. Line all nicked up by zebra bites. Yeah, right? well, back then they, they weren't as then. bad back yeah. then, which was which which no kind of saved. Probably right? couldn't they, even do that now. Yeah, mm-hmm. you yeah. probably couldn't now. Now there were still zebra mussels because Rick Clun lost that term. He came on in the second, bridge. Yeah. On the bridge, yeah. and he probably had the fish on the wind and broke them off the zebra mussels. And I got him in. I remember back then I was using um, a two rods with a with a half ounce black and blue jig and twenty pound mono. Old school uh, trilene big game, uh, and 25 when I'd flip in the middle of those tires. Old school mono. Fun <laughs> was fishing yeah. the, uh, tra- the train trestle yep. up in, Nor- in yeah. New York Arm, right? Yeah, mm-hmm. New York yeah. Arm. Yeah. One, mm-hmm. one of Pete's spots that he right, stole right, from right, Clun. Right. Yep, I sold that from Clun. <laughs> That's mine now, by the way, everybody. That's mine. <laughs> <laughs> my Pete Glusick picture still on my railroad trestle. <laughs> yeah. uh, but I, I really I really wanted to be at that event, man. I missed being there. Um, I, I want to jump into something, and, and I want to put you on the spot we're gonna put you on the spot like 20 times here tonight jt but this but, is first well, we gotta start somewhere let's we gotta go start somewhere and these notes i i gotta give credit to brian he slaves over these notes and what's on this paper is reality huh. and i have a note here that um and i guess it was what publication was this was this no no uh, sports illustrated recently named you bass fishing's most el- eligible bachelor since Byron Velvic pulling a Houdini out of the bass events. <laughs> is that true? Yes. That is true. It is true. Congratulations. 
Didn't know I was going to get named that, but you know, sometimes things just come to you. Right, right, yeah. they do. So I, I will be here to be blessed with the honor. Right. Now, how does it feel to be following in the footsteps of Byron Velvet, though? Pretty shitty. <laughs> <laughs> That's two. That's two. Wow. Is two. somebody keeping track? Brian, are I'm you keeping, keeping track, track of this? Because I'll have a pretty good list by the. Okay. I'm on. Dude, I I gotta tell you, and I, I'm, I'll flash back uh, and look at you, Pete, because we both, you know, we've been doing this uh, a long time together. Mm-hmm. I'm not talking sexually. I mean, fishing <laughs> together. And, uh, Glad you clarified that. Yeah, I wanted to yeah. clarify that. And um, there was a time where we were both bachelors on the road doing this fishing thing. Yep. Dude, that was a great time. That was fun. I mean, it had downs, but mm-hmm. it had a lot of ups. Would you agree? I think we had a lot of fun, man. We got we went in the we'd go to the tournaments, we'd go to the cities on the way home. Yeah. Go out and you know meet yeah. people and. Have you know? Have drinks. Have sounds fun. like you're you're stuttering a little bit there, Pete. <laughs> <laughs> what? Go. I'm putting him on the spot. Right. What was, what was actually going on here now? <laughs> we went to church most of the time. We did. Right. Right. Now, here, here's the other analogy. AA meetings. Here's the other analogy, and and I I've we've talked about don't, this before. Don't, don't be a quitter, <laughs> dude. When I was, uh, you know. I can vividly remember, like I was going through a divorce, and you know, you know, from from a standpoint of my relationship, dude, things were terrible. Things were in the shitter, mm-hmm. you know. So my personal life was toast. But during those couple years, when all that stuff was going down, dude, I fished at some of my best I've ever fished in, in my career. Why is that? Because you're a freak. What's the? <laughs> I'm telling you, man. I don't what know anybody. I at the same time. I'm going, you know, everything's melting down. Yeah. Things are going sideways, and I can't catch a fish. Right. right? So you're the opposite. I, was, I, and I think I'm probably like most people, and I've always said that that was unique about you. Yeah. That, you know, when when stuff's raining down, you know, you, you, you always found fishing as your, like, solace, you know. That was where you were okay. Yeah. No matter what. Yeah. And, Anger uh, is a gift. I got, I, I got blamed for poor performance once I came around. Apparently, once you were happy. Shit was going too good. And, and, and Becky, in fishing or, or in what? <laughs> Apparently, fishing went down when life I got, went Okay, on. got you. Yes, yeah. yes. Once again, just another clarification. Yeah. Wait, is that officially uh, number three? <laughs> I think it is. We're off to three. This is unbelievable. Cha-ching. <laughs> do, do you have any of that? Like, if, if things are good... Are you fishing good? If things are bad, are you fishing bad, or is it reverse? honestly? I th- I think I think early in my career I did. I think anymore, I've kind of found my way, so to speak. And it's not it's not the perfect way. Like it's not exactly where I want to be because I've never won a major championship. I've won five tournaments and got I don't know fifty top tens or whatever. But like I've never won a major championship. I've never won a Forestwood Cup or a classic or an angler. I mean I've won Angler of the Year in like the Costa Re- ever start whatever things. Right. But you know, not at like a tour level. Yeah. So like I'm not there yet and I'm still striving to to get to that. But as far as like the ups and downs and things like that kinda go no, I, I think I, I think I I can like I don't worry with that too much. Right. And I don't know if it's like a personality trait or what it is, but I don't I really don't seem to like sweat that stuff yeah. too much. Yeah. I mean I might think about it like at night when I'm alone or something. But like as far as like out there on the water and stuff, like that seriously does not 
cross my mind. Right. Like, it really doesn't. So you turn it off. When you're on the water, you're doing what you do and everything else. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Yeah, I really yeah. do. And, 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 and I'm not, like, saying that here and then, going to go, going to go. <laughs> no, like, seriously, like, I think I do. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. like I, I don't even remember thinking about, I get, you know, pretty zoned in when I'm on the water. And, like, you know, and, and, and I think one of the things that comes from, and, and there's something that I want to ask you, and I'm going to get to that. But I think where that comes from is the necessity to catch bass. Right. Not the I want to go catch bass. Yeah. The necessity to yeah. catch bass. And I want to ask you a question. What do you think, and, and this I'm going to get into this, and I think this is going to be an interesting thing for all the viewers to hear. What do you think is your seriously greatest accomplishment in bass fishing? And... And I don't think I don't think you're gonna say winning the Bassmasters Classic or th- tell me what you think yeah. your greatest accomplishment is. Well, I have to start by saying uh, finding Becky at ICAST in Las Vegas. <laughs> that's only because I'm sitting here. <laughs> right, <laughs> right. That's that's a great accomplishment. They're brownie points. Well done. Uh, man, I, I don't know. I mean, you know, I think all the big wins mm-hmm. had their have 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 their place. You know. But I don't know that they're the, my greatest accomplishments, you know? You, you're talking about from a career standpoint? Career and life all inter, intertwined into one. Yeah. Let me tell you what I think my greatest accomplishment is. And this this is going to be number four, I think, for offending people. I'm looking forward to it. Count them up, Bry. Should okay. be number four. If we had a sound effect machine, we could do a little ding, ding after each one. I, I, came, from, I came from nothing. And made it in a basically dominated rich man's sport. Yeah. Yep. A, a lot. There's a lot of that mm-hmm. in our sport, for sure. Absolutely. And I'm not saying bad about anybody or anything. Right. I'm just saying it takes a ton of money to to make it in this sport. It really does. It's super expensive. And it's taken me to, to 42 years old to now I really feel comfortable, like, I'm starting to make a good living. Right. Starting to make a good living on the water and off the water, and and that is the greatest sense of accomplishment to me. Now that I, when I was coming up into the sport, I didn't know. I thought it was just a bunch of old good old boys. I didn't realize the incredible amount of money it takes to do this. Yeah. And start realizing Most people don't. No. Right. And start realizing all these guys that I see out here doing this. And most of the guys on the FLW Tour and the Elite Series, I didn't realize that they all have construction companies and, and rental yeah. properties and, and all this other stuff that yeah. is that keeps feeding this hobby this hobby thing for them. Mm-hmm. Well, I can't. My parents live in a trailer. You know what I mean? I came from. Not much. Right. I came from a super loving, supportive family. Yep. I was very, very rich in that. My parents loved loved me with everything they had, supported me with everything they had. But we didn't have a pot to piss in most right. of the time. All there was always arguments about having enough money to pay bills and everything. And I freaking made it. Yeah. And now I have a big, nice house that's already paid off. And and. Yeah. Like that to me is my that's, greatest accomplishment. Yeah, that's awesome. that's a great that's accomplishment. Awesome. That is a great accomplishment. <laughs> and, and it's it's funny because there's a lot of people watching and listening that look back on your career and they see some of your early wins and they're like, yeah, J, you know, JT, he 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 was he had it made. That was that he he knew he was going to be pro forever. But 
It was just a few, like, till a few years ago. It really was. That's amazing. Well, I, you know, That's for, amazing, watching you know? watching your career, and I I thought uh, this is this is when it's going to hit the fan for JT because, it, and it does for all uh, anybody that's in that position when you're on those FLW teams year after year after year, and then they went away. Yeah, and you took things over on to yourself. I, I, you know, that had to be a hard time well, for Well, me. I'll tell you one of the, it was, that going away was one of the greatest things that ever happened to me because I just sucked off that FLW teat. You know what I mean? Like, I didn't really realize what was out there. They're, they're paying my entry fees. You know, that's, holy crap, that's great. You know yeah. what I mean? And I'm just going, bouncing from, you know, this team deal thing or this team deal thing or whatever. And But I got to give it to them. That, that got me through to be where I am now. Right. You know, so got you through I, your learning process. It, it seriously did, because if it wouldn't have been for them, I never would have made it. Right. Mm-hmm. If it wouldn't have been for those FLW team deals, even though now I wouldn't entertain anything like that. But at the time, I wouldn't be here to not entertain that if yeah. it wasn't for that. So what, I have to give it to them to helping get started, for when, sure. When, no, when that team deal went away, was it... At the time it happened, was it like a devastating thing for you? It kind of was because I was just really starting to branch out my own personal marketing. Right. You know what I mean? I was yeah. just just starting to do it. So I had just enough coming in to literally pay entry fees. You know right. what I mean? Like not enough to live off of, not yeah. enough to do, just enough coming in. Yeah. And uh, but But, you know, it was like I had always – always tried a little bit to to get into the marketing side of it but I always knew that FLW was going to pay my entry fees and you know what I mean just yeah. it, it's all going to work out and you know typically make some money on tournament winnings every year do pretty decent and get by with that and then you know when I started getting my own thing going and started getting you know what that that is a good idea hey yes let's do this yeah well you hear that and you're like Ooh, that felt good. That was nice. That happened. Let's try that again. The, the scenario that happened to you happens to everybody. It's not always an FLW team deal. Right. But we all go through sponsors. We all lose sponsors that at the time, it feels like a devastating loss. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like I've had it happen three or four times earlier on in my career, and a sponsor went away for whatever reason. And you're like, oh my god, what the hell am I gonna? You're like, you really want to cry because you're right. like, what am I gonna do? But dude, and this goes back to what we talk about all the time on the show, like how shit's meant to be. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Because oh, yeah. like, when one thing leaves, something better always presents itself. So, and that, and that seems like what happened to you. Like the timing yeah. was great at the time. You weren't thinking about it. No, it was. But it was the best thing that could have happened to you. It made me develop my own you know marketing strategy it it made me do that because i have nothing else right i didn't go to college to do anything or whatever you know i just went for like three weeks and just screwed off the whole time and got (laughs) hammered and tried to bang everything i could you know what college was that i want to go there (laughs) (laughs) i don't even remember (laughs) but anyway (laughs) so but it made it forced me to do something and now Things are way better. Yeah, Dave, what were you gonna say? I got something. So, and, and here's something you probably don't know, right? You're, you're 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 a normal dude. You're a common guy. I've read about 20 or 30 articles about you, probably over the last 10, 12 years. 
two that stand out the most. One, we'll go back to the finances. You said in an article, maybe about 10 years ago, that the very first tournament you won got you back to just treading water. Mm -hmm. You know, that you had mentioned how it was a rich guy's game and you had done everything on your credit card and your very first win, everyone thinks that here you are with this windfall profit and all it did was just get you back to ba get you back to Broke ground either. zero. Yeah. You know? Pretty much my first two or three wins basically kind of did that. Yeah. Just even you back out. Yeah. From from down right. to break even again. Right. Just from from like slow bleeding, slow bleeding, slow bleeding, slow bleeding, green, slow bleeding, slow bleeding, <laughs> slow bleeding, <laughs> slow bleeding. Dude, and but, here and here's uh, millions of people reading FLW magazine, going to the websites, and they're like, oh shit. JT loaded now. <laughs> you know, he got a hundred. Homie grand. done knocked that shit out, he boy. Got <laughs> he's slaying it, yo. <laughs> <laughs> he don't come and come out here dropping bombs. <laughs> <laughs> and 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 you're just freaking breaking even. Yeah. It's amazing how many people don't realize our sport is like that. Uh, you you hit the nail on the head. I couldn't believe you said that because I've felt that for years. Same thing happened to me. It's like when you get that big check or that win, you, it's it's a slow, everlasting decline. Oh yeah. In, in your in your bank account in, oh, yeah. in, in the sport until you can get over the hump and get through the sponsorship, you know, find that find that part of it out. So it's it's really great that you've done that, and it's so hard to do. Well, I think I've I've found a way for myself to be pliable to be a good resource for people, and they're starting to like that and and you know embrace it. Like, and you're sitting next to a guy who you convinced many years ago to use a straight shank hook and how to tie the knot on it. Yeah. I didn't do it that way. Until True then. story. I Look used that. offset until yeah. I read your article about flipping grass. It really, it, I know we're not talking then, about that, that, but straight forward, shank really is way better. Yeah, but yeah. It's still that is. Ten years later. Like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> ten years later, it's still better. You guys don't know. Like You, you, you write these articles, you, you, you disseminate this information, and people use it like you're saying that's it hasn't looked back since it does yeah. it that way you know? and, and that's the point of it you know a sponsorship isn't just to collect money so you can go fish you know it's to make an impact for that oh i know products. when i first started i really did think it was put a patch on your like those guys put a patch on their shirt Patches. they get yeah. they get five hundred dollars a month for it yep oh no sir <laughs> <laughs> but but if i'm getting compensated i want to work like i'm a guy that i want to work right you know what i mean like like i tell you guys all the time as many bassmaster universities oh, yeah. as you can and put we, me and on and we see that we, I, we honestly we, i want to work yeah we but, see but that. those we, bass universe that's they're fun to do bass universe they're so fun. much better than like yeah. those big shows and you're all the they're, they're, they're fun anyway so yeah. that's almost not even like working yeah that's just like having fun yeah well we'll have you out this year for sure <laughs> Yeah. I, hope so. <laughs> I think yeah. it was. I already. He's yeah. more. Yeah. 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 Pete makes all the decisions. Look yeah. at him right there. <laughs> I've only been there two years. I don't want to get fired already. God, you guys are a tough damn crowd. Right. I want to do this real quick. I want to break into this amazing conversation and let's go ahead and and get some of our viewers active here. We've got a ton of prizes to give away tonight. We've got great prizes uh, from from studio guests and JT. I think you've got something that you've got to give away here tonight. I got two pretty cool prizes. Two packs. pretty cool. Okay. Yep. So let's yeah. go ahead and we're going to announce our first prize. And uh, this is going to be to the IM, the first IM that comes in. And we want to know what JT's full name is. Okay? JT Kenny, Mr. Kenny, we want to know his correct full name, the correct spelling the first I am to come in with JT's full correct name is going to win 
one of your gift prizes. What Jurassic are you, what are you, Takeover. What are you going <laughs> to give away? What's one of the prizes we're giving away here? Actually, we got we got a couple of things. We're going to do a Halo fishing rod. We're going to do Ooh. a New Threads, uh, which is a clothing company. New Threads? We know New Threads from Adrian. That's right. Yep. Uh, a New Threads, either sun shirt or a pair of board shorts, which these board shorts are new and they're badass. These, I mean, they fit really good. Very comfortable. cool. Black and gray camo. Somebody, cool. somebody, well, somebody well, in the it's, IM it's, asked if they were Biffles. <laughs> Dude, they're to my knees. Oh, look at, look what I got. They're to my knees. No, every, hey, everybody, wait. Look, I don't have enough. To, I'm tall. Somebody give me more cord. No, these are biffles. <laughs> if, they were, if they were biffles, they would be like this. Make it hot on me. Make it hot on me. Trying to win a tournament okay. here. Oh, my no. God. That is a sweet are, tan line you're rocking the, there, JT. Thanks. You like that? <laughs> these are new threads. These are cool. Look, they're to the knees. Everybody calm down. The, the person that sent that message, Bri, they got JT confused with Lurch. Lurch? Yeah, Lurch. You know the... Our, our, the MLF, uh, Major League Fishing, MC Lurch, uh-huh. he has the world's largest balls. Oh, really? Jesus. Oh, it's unbelievable. I mean, it literally looks now like... Have, now, have you Becky said no, actually Michael, stop. seen I've, and or fondled it I've not fondled, but unfortunately I've okay. seen him. I mean, he's he's proud of him. I mean, it's very unique, you know, so he's, he's showing Hey, I'd be off. proud. Okay, so yeah. back to the question. Okay. <laughs> we've, got, uh, we've got a bunch of answers close, no one yet. We've also got Junk Thrower, Kenny. And nice. I like it, but but I, but the prize pack also includes two Nichols Lures JT Kenny Signature Series spinner baits Ooh. and two Nichols Lures JT Kenny Signature Color Sledgehammer jigs. Ooh. So you got two jigs, two spinner baits, uh, either a sun shirt or board shorts, and a rod. So that's wow. pretty stout prize pack. That's a crazy <laughs> prize pack. Justin Justin Timberlake Kenny. <laughs> Uh, Dave, so, we had another one come through. Yeah, uh, uh, Justin Timberlake, Kenny. <laughs> someone, I don't know. Someone suggested I don't know if just I'm offended or Bry, find a Justin Timberlake song quick. If I actually <laughs> like, that, I mean, because so, that guy pulls some serious nails. That's a good comparison. You know what I mean? I, I mean, he's like, like four, four, three, four, four, yeah. three. But still, that's on. what I'm saying. Right. Y'all, this is so sad. To the IM board, like every person that I know that's a JT is is your name, and no one has gotten it yet. Do they so, not know so any are, JTs? Are you referring to me as Common? I'm not calling you Common, but I'm just saying. <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe you are. Maybe you are, my friend. Oh, we got it. We got we it. Finally. Somebody finally. got it. Uh, Dave, what do we got back there? Af- we have a winner? After about 15 James Thomases, we have John Thomas from Brian Lucius. John Thomas. Brian, ah. you nailed it. And we have right, a winner. Congratulations. Well oh, and we got another one right afterwards. Okay. Yeah, Brian, Brian Thomas is the winner. What a what a great prize pack. Brian, look at that. That's better than anything we've given away here in six years. It's like better than God. anything we've gotten here in the studio. I bet you right. JT mailed out to him tomorrow. Not right. Becky waiting six months. Exactly. Dude, true story. True story. i got to tell you something. This is a true story. At the Potomac River. Like the second day, Brian, listen to this. This is a great story. Uh-huh. I had this kid come up to me, and like he like weighed it and like just weighed it through all the thing. And I had like kind of a bad day, and he but he came up and he wanted to talk to me, and he's like, "Hey man, I'm a huge fan." And we talked a little. I shook his hand, and he's like, "Yeah, I'm a huge fan of the show too." And yeah, you know, I I I won a prize like a couple months ago, and you know, I never got it, but that's cool. I'm still gonna watch the show. <laughs> And yeah. I'm like, oh man, yeah. I'm sorry. I'm like, come 
to the truck. Come to the truck. And then right, I gave him. I can't yeah, remember yeah. what I gave him. Yeah, right. Hey, that's a good commercial. There's the Mean Joe Green commercial. Yeah. Up with him giving the, the yeah. kid the jersey for Coke. And then yeah. there's Becky not mailing the kid any of his shit. <laughs> <laughs> and all his weight. Wait, 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 wait a minute. Wait a minute. I don't give do the mailing. And bills and no packages. Listen, I don't do the mailing. Stop throwing me under the bus. Beck, you, you've crushed millions of dreams. Ryan the Carpenter passes it on to someone else who does it. I don't do the mailing. Oh, God. No, well, here's don't the thing the about it. Did you give him something? Like a, I gave him something good. I can't remember. But, a dude, a you pack know of hooks? You know the dream catchers? <laughs> the Indian dream catchers? Oh, yeah. yeah. Well, we've got a dream killer, and it's Becky's yeah. photo. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you're not getting any tonight. <laughs> We're going to start selling them on like, yeah, online. Like, like, oh, maybe tomorrow. <laughs> yeah, oh, my God. Dream killer. <laughs> Mike. Mike. Oh, my God. You're, you're not getting any tonight. I'm definitely not getting any. I'm not getting any. Hey, uh, honorable mention goes to uh, the guy who suggested just the tip, Kenny. <laughs> He deserves something, he but does. we won't say it yeah. to <laughs> yeah, get his, Hey, hey, get his address. Brian, get his address. I'll get, I'll get him something. Right. That's my man. Whoever that was, send it in. Oh, my gosh. Uh, uh, I don't, I, I'm don't. i like totally after that. I'm like totally lost. <laughs> what were we notes. talking about? He was talking about giving stuff away to people tomorrow. <laughs> sure. I'm all in. Oh, my gosh. All right, let's... Uh, I want to let, let me jump back into it. We we touched on a little bit, but but I definitely want to get your thoughts. And, I did that uh, once I got in trouble. For yeah. it. <laughs> <laughs> We've had other guys uh, sit on that couch in a similar position you're in, which is <laughs> kind of two tour guys. G- give me your honest thoughts on FLW Bass. What, what what are your thoughts? Um, you know, like in the light of what's going on right now. You know, we just had Bass take over the TTBC. Mm-hmm. Seems like Bass is growing. Seems like FLW maybe falling a little bit. What are your thoughts on the two tours? Um, well, it's it's really funny when when you have a plan that that is like that is like a long term plan. You know, like a three or four year plan that. That you're like, well, that's pretty far fetched, but if you play your cards right, that might actually work. Well, what you know, like three or four years ago, I, I when I first started getting into the marketing end of it, I, I really think that that a fella can make more money, get, get more press, make more money, do better for their sponsors on the bass side. Right now, FLW has made a lot of steps in the right direction lately, but I still think there's there's more persona on the bass side so i dreamed up this big scheme to get everybody to decide that bass was so much better and i got all the big sticks in flw to go over and qualify for bass (laughs) (laughs) so right and now i'm gonna stick with flw and i just get 10 grand show up money every week (laughs) hey i i i gotta agree not true but that (laughs) gosh dang that sounded good (laughs) Hey. I got all the ailers yeah. and everybody. I got all that. Dude, they're so they're all, all, so they're all in killers. your hair. Are- <laughs> and I can just stick over here on FL. It, it's <laughs> a steady wave of them coming I know, over. right? Yep. So, um, wait, we got a couple more. Yeah. Uh, oh, this yeah. week. Uh, this qualification. Jacob Wheeler. 
second place. Yeah, I'm good. sure he's I'm gone. Glad, I'm glad uh, you guys got Dudley. <laughs> Dudley is uh, Dudley won't go. Is in fifth place and has a yeah, but he won't can go. go if he wants to. Um, but no, in, in all seriousness, to get back to your question, yeah, there's there's definitely uh, a, a, a better persona at, at BASS, and I in the last three or four years, I have been fishing the the uh, opens with the express idea to qualify for the elites. I mean, FLW has been really great for me. In my perfect world, I would like to fish FLW tour and the elite series both tours no opens no coasters no other crap i would i would like to fish 15 what i'll call ten thousand dollar tournaments a year yeah and and that's what i do that's it that's that in my highest level of the sport yes the highest events in the sport yes i would like to fish 15 16 17 events a year that all be ten thousand dollar tournaments and and, and and that's it we've heard that from a lot of other guys. We, we, uh, Ish well, Monroe, Takahiro mm-hmm. Omori, a lot of guys that have been on the show have said that same exact thing. So why the hell can't Bass and FLW get well, get there for a couple of years? They did. Right. And now it's years. like they're doing it. It seems like it's on purpose half the time. Well, you know, it we does. had we had Jerry McKinnis here tell, tell us live that he's, oh, he's up he's for tried. a conversation. Right. He's open to a conversation with FLW about merging the tours. Well, I've heard, doing I've heard something FLW together. say that they're completely open to it, too. So there's there's something. There's a roadblock. Well, right. there's, there's it's, somebody it's, somewhere. Mo- mo- money always you know drives that roadblock. Somebody wants a, I'm sure Bass probably wanting 80, 20% of the take. All we're talking about is agreeing on dates. Right. Well, in that particular scenario, right. yeah. you know, I, you know. Merging the two tours into one, which I think uh, for the sport to to really flourish and grow to be the best it can be, it needs to be one tour. It needs to be the no, I, I think the so professional too. tour. Boom. That's it. The best of the best are competing every week, and, and that's it. And then AAA yeah. leagues after that. Right. I yeah. think for years, I think there was 20 hammers on the FLW tour, and there was 20 hammers on the Elite Series. And everybody else just kind of fell in. Now I think the Elite Series is definitely way more stacked than FLW is right. because because everybody is migrated over. Well, it's kind of, yeah. I, I think a lot of it is those. There was a lot of guys on FLW that had a team deal and then were doing their own kind of marketing too, so they're getting a pretty good chunk on their team deal, and then whatever else they're bringing in from from other stuff. You know, made for a pretty good, a pretty good end deal. You know what I mean? For as far mm-hmm. as sponsor money goes, you know, if they're getting all their entry fees paid by their, by their team deal, and then they can drum up fifty or sixty grand more from some other people, that's pretty decent, pretty decent deal. Well, I think that now FLW has got to let those team deals go away, and those guys feel like, you know, they had to go, as did I, feel like you had to go over to Bass to get, you know paid pretty well to get a sponsor to pay you right yeah right which this year and i can assure everybody for next year i have this disproved that but anyway well that's great i i can tell you this personally i've experienced it i've had i've had sponsors tell me that uh you know if i fish the elites they'll pay they'll pay x amount and they will not pay for flw right oh yeah i've had them i've i have had them directly tell me that. that's definitely out there and then but there's also some that say if you're fishing at the top level 
you know, this is what this is what we're going to pay you, and they don't mm-hmm. care either one that it is. So there's there's pros and cons to to either side. But yeah, right now I definitely think the elites is. I want to fish the elites because I want to fish against the best, and I think there's most of the best is in the elite series right now. Because mm-hmm. when because when I win. I want my job is to kick ass, <laughs> but I want to kick everybody's ass. I don't want to just kick a quarter ass. Right, not just Andy Morgan and Brian Thrift. Well, Dudley's pretty good. Dudley's pretty good too. But I don't <laughs> want to kick three asses. I want to kick fifty. Yeah. JT, whose ass would you rather kick, uh, Lefebvre or Wheeler? <laughs> Carry the seven <laughs> times four. Can I have them both? <laughs> yes, you can. Okay, I want it both at the same time. Well, they both like up we'll, here on you. Just we'll, like, make, <laughs> we'll, we'll make we'll make it JT's threesome. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. All right, I, I let's let's catch up on some of these Instagram questions coming through. Um, Ed Boucher, uh has a question. <laughs> came through um if you had a choice between bow hunting and bass fishing making a living between the two which one would you pick uh bass fishing to make a living at okay because i don't want to ruin it by i don't want to ruin bow. i love bow hunting that's that's one of my that's kind of my passion and i don't want to ruin it by making a living out of it right so that's a big hobby for you absolutely love it yeah yep now is that going to get hot and heavy for you now that the oh i've already started yeah yeah yeah. yeah, definitely. Already started. Yeah, uh, Luke Luke Clawson and I do it a lot together. I go out west with him. Um, go to the Midwest a lot. Go to Illinois, Kentucky. I have a really good friend in Kentucky that uh, I go out and hunt with. Yeah, I mean that's like my passion. Yeah, I, you ever kill an elk? You ever had uh, elk? No, but uh, next next September I'm going on my first elk hunt in Colorado. I actually ate bear for the first time last week. I am I am going I have uh I was put on a bear tag for Maryland. I'll be bear hunting in Maryland uh the last week of October. It was the back strap with a bow. It actually tasted like filet mignon. It tasted it tasted, wow. it, it, it has the same consistency. Yeah. Super it's a super fatty meat, super high in protein, but yeah. super high in fat. Wow. It's delicious. Yeah. That's interesting. Yeah, I I we've had a lot of we've had 20 guests on this show that bow hunting is their outlet when the season when the season's oh, over. I have oh, yeah. I mean, and, and we've got... a crossbow ju- or a compound? Oh, no, compound, and I just got a traditional bow. Like, super old school. Old school? Oh, super old school. Yeah. Like, so I get a lot of uh, bow hunting friends that say, well, do you like fly fishing? And I go, no. That's... Yeah. No, why would I like that? Yeah. And they're like, well, you know, most people hunt, use a rifle, and we're using bows. It's kind of like the you know holding the culture of you right. know maybe the native indians or something and i just my mind i can't wrap around that right but i but i see their point of like so you like the artsy side of yeah the hunting thing so do you like the artsy side of the fishing no, thing no. and i'm like no <laughs> no i want the sharpest hooks i want the strongest line i want the best rods yeah. I, you know but 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 I have no want to go hunting with a rifle. And the fly yeah. fishing clothes are fruity looking too. That's like <laughs> fish, you know? like, well, last year I was voted. <laughs> last year before I got on with New Threads, I was voted the worst dressed bass fisherman out there. Wow, so. is that true? Yeah, on Bass Fan had like some that. deal. Yeah, me and another guest we're going to have on the show tonight, Swindle, were tied 
for the worst, worst dressed worst dressed basketball. Wow. No votes on that though. Their head should be right now. Well, I I would like to tonight make our own nomination for worst dressed Ike Live crew, Brian Stockle. <laughs> Brian. <laughs> Brian Stockle, everyone. What's this? Uh, you just won the worst dressed Ike Live crew member. He gives the sponsor gear every single show. No, Come I'm on. saying historically in his lifetime. He's wearing an Eagles hat. Yeah, but no, no, no. <laughs> the boots, the cutoff jeans. And drinking coffee. Come on, man. Bro, 20 years ago, I give you this. The sewn... Emblem on the front. It's a sweater that's too short, so like the sleeves come up to like. <laughs> oh, is it a sweater vest? It, it's just a regular <laughs> yeah. sweater. So hold on, let me get back around this. So but it's got an embroidered bass or trout on it. What is it? Sweater vests are fun. For people listening, what Bri- what Mike is referencing about Brian? Brian's <laughs> sister actually made him like a sweatshirt about 25 years ago, and she sewn. Like a fly, like a handmade fly on the chest, and when he put the sweatshirt on, the there was sleeve, a trout on the chest and fly on the yeah, sleeve. The sleeves came up like to the middle of the forearm. <laughs> I got long arms. And he wore I got it. Long but he actually arms. wore it one time without the sleeves rolled up, just like it was like uh, an '80s softball shirt. You know? <laughs> <laughs> and I remember instantly, just you know, I don't know, everyone knew it was wrong. Brian knew it was wrong. It's really uh, nice but you guys helped point that out. But hey, the sister made it. It was beautiful. It was a nice gift. It wasn't nice. Was. I, I do have footage of uh, JT on a hog hunt. Oh, we'd like to see that. Go ahead, roll it. All right. Roll it. Oh, not this dickhead. Big screen. Big screen, bro. Working on is it. Is this really me? This is you. Dude, I want to do that so bad. I want to do it with a bow, though. Good shot. Good shot. He's up. Three for four, three for five, five for six. Oh, wow, he sucks now. Five for eight. Yeah. Wow. That's, that's Brian Pigman Quagga. Wow. Dude, hitting moving targets from a moving target? Yeah. From a moving uh, position? See, that's what I mean. I think fly fishing's dumb, but I think do, to do that with a bow, that's badass. Yeah. Fly fishing with a bow? My mom, hey, my mom dropped me when I was a kid into a pool of badassery. <laughs> so I want to be heard was a sizzling noise like. So I want to be I want to be in a helicopter, but not shooting, pulling a bow that's back. A, that's That'd probably be fun. Texas. They have a massive. They do. They, they do. Massive problem with. Wild they do hogs. have a problem with hogs. They, they do it. So they do it. Season, uh, on that. The hogs burrow into the ground. And the cattle break their legs, and when the yeah. cattle breaks their legs, it's completely ruined for right. the farmers. They have to go out there and you know euthanize right. the cattle. And yep. So yep. that's one of the ways they control the problem. Yep. I, I want to jump into you already <laughs> mentioned it, and a lot of our viewers and listeners um, assume you're a Florida vegetation guy, and you already talked about it. Uh, talk a little bit about growing up in Maryland. Talk about how you got into fishing, and I want to hear how you got into competitive fishing. What what was the the transfer for you? Um, Maryland's Maryland's still my heart. That's that's where I grew. I mean, don't get me wrong. I love Florida. Yeah. And that's where I live now. And and uh, but Maryland's still my heart, man. That's where I grew up. And uh, the whole thing about how I got started, I didn't even. Know, I just always loved fishing. My dad took me fishing to a little golf course pond and you know caught my first bass. Didn't even reel in. Walked up the bank. You know, <laughs> whatever. And that's you know, I just always loved fishing. But. I would go up to, to Deep Creek Lake, you know, a little lake up in western Maryland, about 20 miles, 25 miles from the house. I would go up there, and uh, I had a little, you know, one of them little tin bass tracker things, oh, yeah. you know, whatever on the back of it. And I remember, you know, coming in it to the ramp at dark, and I remember these guys, you know, just 
local, you know, bass fishing guys would be taken out and they'd say, hey, little guy, how'd you do? Well, I was probably pretty tall back then too. Whatever they said, how'd you do? It's like, oh, we caught, you know, five 16 inchers and one 18 incher. You know, I didn't know to call it a two and a half, a three and a half. Yeah. You know, and they're like, really? I'm like, yeah. You know, and then like the next, you know, next time they'd, how'd you do? Oh, we did good tonight. We had a 19 incher and four 18 inchers, you know, and, and, and 10, 16 inches and they're like hey yeah really all right and that went on for like a year and then the next year i remember the same thing and they were like well you always talk about all these fish you're catching and i'm just uh, just coming in you know just putting the boat on the trailer to go home and they're like well there's a tournament up here next weekend you know why don't don't you get in it and show us that you catch all these fish you know and i'm like a tournament now i knew about bass masters right but I had no idea about clubs, about just local jackpot, local mm-hmm. weekend yeah. open tournaments, like you know team tournaments. I, I up in our part of the country, it wasn't that publicized. Well, there was it wasn't very publicized, but yeah. there I come to find out there was quite a few tournaments on Deep right. Creek. Mm-hmm. But I honestly didn't fish too much on the weekend because at that time in my life I was just out of high school and really infatuated with chasing girls right so the chances of me getting to the lake at daylight when the tournament was taken off pretty slim <laughs> slim and none not even that good there, is there a lot of girls in western maryland though i found a lot of them <laughs> <laughs> my reputation precedes me that are just strikingly handsome looks, one or the other. Yeah. anyway so uh it, like i would get there at like noon and fish till dark well th- i would get there at noon i'm like damn there's a lot of trucks in the parking lot and I'd take out at dark, and hell, the weigh-ins over and everything. Right. So I didn't even know these things are going on. Yeah. Because you know, I'm 19, 20. I'm on a little different schedule on yeah. the weekend. I'm going to bed at four in the morning. <laughs> yeah. You know, getting up at ten. Yeah. With with a headache, you know, and then going fishing at yeah. noon and fishing till dark. So I'm on a little different schedule. So, I don't even know, so anyway, they tell me about the tournaments. So I go, uh, very first tournament I fish, I get second in it. And I think we won, oh, I don't know, like 1200 bucks or something. Wow. You're oh, like some shit. serious shit. money. Oh, dude. Be like 19. <laughs> yeah. Six bills yeah. in the pocket. <laughs> yeah. Oh, son, we party. <laughs> we got party. You know, and, and then like the end of that night, all that money's gone. Did you buy a paste tube? Did you buy a paste tube for your car with it? <laughs> like four <laughs> dude i got a thousand watts out there in my chevy right now but anyway well i got 400 running the front and then a, a single mono 600 running a 112 in the back i gotta hear that later <laughs> we go out there and rock it out right sounds now. like john holland's trans am <laughs> but, but so anyway then i find out the next weekend they're having another one of those things i'm like seriously really Oh, yeah. Yeah, Saturday morning. Oh, huh. So now I start practicing a little bit. Ah. Yeah, and, uh, and I was a little terror on Deep Creek Lake there for a little while. And uh, we, we actually, my, my part, now this is fast forward five or six or seven years. But, uh, now nah, probably four or five years. But my partner and I actually, 
I think one year, I think we won every open tournament on that lake except one, and I think we finished third in that one. Wow. So it, you but I'm, dialed. But, oh, yeah. Yeah. Just completely, completely so, dialed yeah. in. So, like, that, so that changed everything for you. Oh, they I started imagine. handing me money. To go out there and go fishing, I yep. was like, "Oh yeah," and that, but that, that just what that did. That was it, the spark. That, oh for yeah, you. it just built, and then it went to I, just the way I read about you know about you went to Federation yep. stuff, started going Stair to the Potomac up a little bit, started yep. going to Potomac, started going to Raystown, started going to Lake Anna, Kerr, James River, you know, just and that's just and it kind of you know yeah went and went and then I went to. A couple of years after all that got going, I went to Florida for the, in the winter one time, and uh, me and my buddy we, we we worked real hard all fall and saved up a bunch of money. And we went to Florida, and we we stayed at like uh, Kissimmee for a week and Lake Okeechobee for a week. This is probably circa ninety five six yeah. ish somewhere around mid nineties yeah yeah and uh, get down there and believe it or not end up meeting Scott Martin. In the little bar in Clewiston, Brenda's. There's no way he was old enough to drink. But anyway, he he was in there and uh, ended up buddying up to him. And I'm still buddies with Scott to this day. And ended up buddying up to him. And he said, you know, and I told, and I had just started guiding a little bit in Maryland, too, because I was winning a lot of tournaments. And yeah. people were like, hey, you know, take me out, show me what you're doing or whatever. So I was telling him the whole story. And he was like, well, why don't you come down here and guide in the wintertime for my mom? You know, at Roland yeah. Martin's Marina. Yeah. I'm like, oh, really? <laughs> you know, because I'm some kid from Maryland. Yeah. You know, like, ah, yeah, let's go talk to her tomorrow. So I go over there and talk to her, and she's like, yeah, get your captain's license. Come down next year and guide for us. Wow. Okay. <laughs> wow. Yeah, okay, I'll do that. Yeah. So that's how I started going to Florida in the winter. And I did that for four or five years, you know, Florida in the yeah. wintertime. And, of course, I, I would – fish any local tournament i could on okeechobee in the wintertime go back to maryland in the summertime so i was actually doing the snowbird thing yeah when i was at like, a young age when i was like 21 yeah. 22 yeah. 23 yeah let, let me let me interrupt you for a second because good i uh, needed to get I, a drink of beer anyway. i've been <laughs> i've been try, trying for 20 years to do this and unsuccessfully how, how do you catch a florida strain bass <laughs> Uh, it's just like that's funny. It's just like any guy from the South trying to figure out how to catch smallmouth bass. Right. You have to no kidding forget everything you know. I'm serious. I I agree. Yeah. You literally have to forget everything you know. I believe but, it. But one of the main things about Florida bass, unless you're chatterbaiting or something, you have to fish super slow. And by fishing super slow, you don't cover any water at all. You don't. It sucks. Right. It sucks to fish that slow. So you have to possess in your mind supreme confidence that you are fishing, fishing where the air. fish are. And that only comes by fishing in Florida a lot. And when you just see something that goes, <gasps> <laughs> but you just, you do, you know. Yeah. Right, right. Dude, that's the right shit right yeah. there. Yeah, they're there. That, that's... And then you power pole down, inch it, yeah. inchworm it. Hey, you had an interesting thing on. Uh, uh, I love this that you say this on your Bass University seminar. You have a speed on your trolling motor you call catch speed. Catch. Yep. 
<laughs> he sets his troll motor to catch. What's that's, it, that's three? When, yeah, well, like between two and three. Wow. That's, can't yeah. And that's when it's windy. So that's why That's <laughs> yeah. why I don't catch him in Florida. I know. I can't do that. Like you got to get a drywall screw and screw it at four. I have to. Yeah. I have to do that because I can't, I can't do it. Ugh. There now, here's what I want to know. I want to jump back. So did you, those first couple of years in Florida, coming down and guiding, mm-hmm. Were you an outsider in Florida? Because yeah. I, I, even in Florida, even though Florida is the land of transplants and right. a lot of northerners come down, yeah, all, was there still the guide, a little bit of an outcast? All the guides uh, at Marianne's, none of them like me. Because <laughs> you're the young northerner. Right. Marianne yeah. was super nice to me. Scott was nice to me. All the other guides were really, really assholes. Um, but there was one other guy that she hired, too, a dude named Dave... Fairchild, young, and he has since disappeared off the face of the earth. But anyway, me and him, me and him, he's with Byron, maybe. (laughs) Me me and him started at the same time, and he was from Michigan, Uh, doing the same thing. He was guiding on St. Clair in the summertime, you know, there in the wintertime. So me and him kind of buddied up. But yeah, everybody else hated us. Um, But but dude, that was at a time in my life. And don't get me wrong, I still love more than anything what I do for a living bass fishing. But at that time, like, I was seriously ate up with it. Like, right. hardcore ate up with it. Right. I'd take a guide trip out and bring them back in at 3 o'clock, not by putting the boat on the trailer, just kick them out on the dock, and then I would go back out and fish till dark. Wow. You know, and, yeah. and that's how I learned Okeechobee and or Florida bass fishing in right. general was just because Time at Roland Martins water. Marina, you guide, you have to take a day off from... From January 1st until the end of March, those three months, you have to take a day. Cause you just say, be- I'm not going today. i got to clean the boat. i right. got shiner scales. So you could literally be that booked. from. I worked one time out of Roland Martin's Marina 47 days in a row. Wow. Mm. That's, That's amazing. Dude, I'm 22, 23 years old, making uh, $255 a day plus tips. Oh yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. I'm, yeah. I'm, you know. Yeah. It's a good gig at that yeah. age. And and one night a week, you know, going over to West Palm to the strip bars. Dave. Other than that, <laughs> we missed the boat, bro. <laughs> yeah. yeah. What the hell were we, we doing up here? Around and crawdads like. Oh my God! What were we doing? Pennant, drinking warm drinks. Quarter dress. We could have been down there. What the hell were we doing? But where he was at is it? Don't let him make a sense. It, it, it fucking blows, dude. It's oh, in the middle of nowhere. <laughs> Bugs. No, it, oh, but on that it note, is. You got, it is. You but travel to but, go to somewhere cool right. twenty But but one one night a week, we would all get together and go to the strip bars in West Palm Beach, which was only like forty five minute ride from there, maybe right? May yeah, it's probably forty five minutes. Yeah, right. But one night, you know, when you're twenty two, twenty three, that's that's fun. Now, West yeah. Palm, yeah. now on that note, though, now I'm gonna get a little. I need to know some dirt here. Uh, world famous. Anybody that's been to Rollins knows yeah. the Tiki Bar. Absolutely. Craziest. Most effed up thing you've seen or experienced at the Tiki Bar at Roland Martins Marina? Probably absolute craziest. Yeah. And you could say anything you want. This is like live show. It doesn't okay. Matter. So my girlfriend of 11 years that I recently broke up with, or we separated. I don't want to say I broke I'll say we separated. Um, I met her there one night 
after finishing second in a tournament, completely hammered, and allegedly, I said something about nice sweater meat or something like that, <laughs> and was with her pretty much every day after that for 11 years. Wow. So that was... That's pretty good. That's, that's pretty yeah. crazy. I mean, wow. I mean, sweater meat. I mean, come on. That, I could have thought of something better, like that, like nice cans or something. No, no. Sweater meat. Sweater great, meat was all I could come up with. Dude, that's a great line. That's a lot like the strategy that Brian the Carpenter used when he was single. Except he didn't even say anything. He just whipped it out and just laid it on the table. Really? Yeah, but it always made like a thud sound. It's like. Thum. Well, see, that's the impressive part. <laughs> if there wouldn't be the thud, then that would be kind of that would be just gross. <laughs> but dude, if you can dump it and thud it, right? It's that, a I mean, similar strategy. It's, it's not. It's not even offensive it anymore. It's actually impressive. Drop, <laughs> yeah. kids, kids, kids. These like, these are low percentage moves. These are, like, these are low percentage moves. And, and, and no, yeah. no, and wait, yeah. wait for it. Sweater meat and then mic dropping on the table. They were about five percent of the time. It was pretty work. awesome for eleven years. They I'm really, not gonna, really I'm work. not gonna lie. Brian the Carpenter's gesturing to me that we have something on the screen. What do we got here, Brian? Sweater meat. Sweater meat, okay. Oh, nice. Yeah, that that's her. Yeah. <laughs> that's sweater meat. All right. But you know what? So sweater meat I, One thing. Hold on. I, I never knew it. I never heard of sweater meat. You Seriously? No, we don't use sweater meat up here. We would say rack. <laughs> I, feel, I'm, I don't know whether to feel sorry for you. <laughs> Hold on. Have you ever heard the word sweater I've meat? Never he it, I, I, I never I've heard it, but I never heard it. I love it. I've not I, heard I, it. I love it, though. I am fluent in profanity. Brian, you <laughs> sweater meat. <laughs> I didn't need the explanation No, but I, just, I do right. need somebody to know. You, know you, you had a little picture up there earlier. Yeah. <laughs> what everybody needs to realize is no matter any woman that you see, no matter how absolutely beautiful she is no matter how perfectly augmented her breasts are <laughs> somebody is tired of her shit right absolutely and that and that's that's where i ended up absolutely you know yeah. god bless her heart wonderful woman it's very true I, i've always wondered <laughs> the things that have happened at Rollins at the Tiki Bar, haven't you? Pete? There's been I, some nasty shit. I, I have. I can tell I, you that. I've I've, had, I've spent a few nights there. I've and, spent and a lot of nights there where I've had bad events. So you know, yeah. when you have a bad tournament, you always wander there and you're like trying to drink your bad tournament away. You know. Yeah. I've always sat there just wondering what the things that have happened. I'm sure there's some bar. craziness. Yeah. See, I think about Vegas. I don't think about that fucking place. Yeah, it's a good place. There's some more sweater meat we've got live there. Uh, um, what is she like? A, uh, like a t-shirt model or something? What is she doing? With that? For my t-shirt, she was. Oh, okay. Sold the hell out of them. Real too. quick note. Uh, <laughs> Advertising. Brian. Uh, Thanks. Brian, Brian I'm kind of a marketing genius. Yeah. If you hadn't noticed. <laughs> Put my t-shirt on, on sweater meat. And, yeah. Uh, right. Sell it. Right. Got to get. Uh, Surprising. Quick... Nobody else has thought of that. Yeah. yeah. Shocking. Quick note to get Hello. caught up on here real quick. Um, this is a uh, uh, shout-out to uh, the guy that bought JT's boat today, John Knee. John Knee. Good luck. You're going to need it. Uh, <laughs> 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 uh, a little bit of advice to everybody funny. watching today. <laughs> Never buy a pro angler's boat ever. <clears throat> Uh, next except, item, except for my boats, of except course. for Pete's boats, yeah, because he doesn't really fish. So that's your man. I was gonna, I'm just kidding. I was gonna, I was Jay, gonna tell you a hey, quick story. Hey, hey Brian, give one to Mike. 
So I'm four, he's one. Yeah, <laughs> for sure, for sure. I'm sitting. Check this out. I'm sitting on uh, on twenty point eight pounds at Champlain, feeling pretty damn good. Taking the slow boat in to the ramp, leaving myself about ten or fifteen minutes extra in case yeah. of breakdown. And uh, and I'm just I'm I'm cruising. Were you running an Evanrude? <laughs> <laughs> he was. I'm, I'm, I got that one. That's five. That's I'm, five. Five. I'm cruising along and. Um, and I come out of the uh, Cary Bay cut through, and, uh, and I'm heading south, and I'm thinking, you know what? If I hustle here, I might get about 15 minutes of smallmouth fishing. And uh, so I start putting the hammer down, and I look up, and I'm about to hit a red can buoy because I'm just, you know, yeah. I, I'm thinking I got 22 pounds. I'm going to make the cut and fish tomorrow. You're going to Timmy Roach or can buoy. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so I didn't. But I didn't. I missed the red can buoy, but I slammed smash into the rocks that it was marking. Oh, oh my God! <laughs> nice. oh. On the way in, on the wow. way in, oh and it just go bam, bam, bam. I fortunately got out of the, got out of the throttle before I impacted, and uh, so I didn't hit the prop shaft or the prop, but it took the skag. Skag loss. And I look back, and there was some oil, and I'm like, uh, it in. yeah, I just I just said, well, we're just going straight in, and. And it did made it in without yeah. a, without a hitch, and uh, but I'm in the process of getting a new lower unit. Wow! <laughs> it, didn't the <laughs> it didn't it didn't bend the shaft, no. But it wow. it, it pierced the uh, the seals and sure. uh, yeah, I'm getting uh, yeah. getting new work done. New stuff. Uh, by the way, a lot of questions tonight about the uh, beer of choice, and we're drinking um, yards. And Dave, what, what's the actual name of this? This is a Belgium wheat, right? Well, you actually have the brawler right there. I got the uh, the Belgian the saison. The saison. Yeah. The saison. Saison. You I'm say saison the saison as, as well. I say saison's from saison. South Jersey, but if I was like a fruit, I'd say saison. 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 Zebra. Massal. Saison. So is that French? Is what you're saying? Saison. That sounds French. It sounds French. It's got to be out that way, right? Speak Belgium, France. Yeah, whatever. Speaking of saison, Dave, I want to jump to you a little bit. Get caught up with you. Uh, you've been on a trip recently. Yeah. You're wearing a shirt tonight here. Sure. Um, we all are. Uh, fire Department, New York City. Um, tell us a little bit about – you got a good story about somewhere you've just been in yeah. reference to that shirt. So I um, I took the family to New York City. We took an open – like an open, uh, open, open roof bus trip through Manhattan, and we went and saw the 9/11 museum. Wow! And we saw it a week before, you know, we saw it like the weekend before 9/11. Yeah. And uh, I got to tell you, man, it, it, it is it is a combination of art and artifact curation. It, it, it's truly amazing. So, you know, you, you you come into this place and it's heavy security. NYPD everywhere, metal detectors. Especially with the shit that's been going on the last couple yeah, I mean, weeks. Yeah, it's a target. Yeah. It's absolutely right. a target that these savages would want to hit. And it's protected. And you're not, as you've seen, within a few days, you're not going to do something in, in New York City without someone taking a picture of your fat, ugly face and finding out who you are, you know? <laughs> so, you know, you, you go down an escalator, and the first exhibit you walk through, and it, it, it's truly, it, it, man, it's... Uh, I, I, I can't, I, best way I can describe it is art meeting curation. Okay? Right. You, it's a dark room. And in this dark room, they have these one-inch thick sheets of glass hanging. And you're listening to the 911 calls of people that day. And their words are transcribed on this glass. So it feels like you're in a dream. 
and the words Whoa. you're hearing the speakers and you see the words and it's being transcribed. Wow. You know, and people from the planes, people from the towers. That's got that's that's got to break you down to your core hearing and that. You, everyone just everyone has the same expression. You're just standing there watching. You know, and you're watching the different glasses and there's like four or five panes, there's not a whole lot, but it's enough to where it then it has you looking beyond and it's still dark. But beyond that is a giant map of the flight path of the four planes. All right? Flight 93 that went down in Pennsylvania, the one that hit the Pentagon, and the two that hit the towers. And it shows you where they came from. It shows you their times, and it set. That's what sets off the, 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 the you know the exhibit. Then the next thing you walk through, it's the same theme: dark room, glass hanging down, and it's pictures uh, of that day, just random pictures of everyone, just flashing up on all these things, you know. And it, it, it's it's just like it sets it. You're just like okay, and you're explaining to your children. You know, we brought our children. I recommend you bring your children and you go without your children because uh, they're going to lose interest. They're kids. They're going to lose interest in a couple right. of hours no matter what. Yeah, yeah but I, we I, all lived that day. Yeah. My know? wife and I could have stayed there for 12 hours. Right. There's that much to see. Yeah. We saw probably a quarter of what there was. Wow. You know, but so, you know, you go beyond that and you're walking past artifacts. You're, you're walking past things with have explanations to them. You know, this girder was a part of this and they'll show you the picture like I'll show you an actual picture of the building before it collapsed and show you that that girder was a part of this floor. Wow. It'll explain what offices were in there. And then you walk to a to a to a uh, to a mezzanine so much to speak, like a balcony. And you look out at this giant pillar. It was the last pillar that was removed from the site. And it has, you know, FDNY, PAPD, Port Authority, NYPD, FDNY. You know, it has all the things and it has all a bunch of signatures and pictures and everything on there. There it is up there on the screen. Wow. So that's from the mezzanine shot. Now, this thing probably is about, I would say, five stories tall. Okay? Mm. You can see that person bent mm-hmm. over right there. Get an idea. All right? So, you know, you wa- you wander through that. And if you want to bring up the next picture, Brian, I'll just grab from there. I mean, we don't have to go in any order. But, you know, like, so that was before we went in. That's one of the footprints of where one of the towers were. And it's an endless well. Wow. So you see that hole go down. I mean, it, 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 it's and you look how big it is. Look at the people. Wow. Look at the people all the way yeah. around. There's two of them. Oh. Representing the wow. North Tower and the South Tower. Hmm. And that's my son, my wife, and my daughter right there. So now when you're inside, Brian, you can hold it there because I got to explain what that what buttress is that. So they when they were building the trade centers, you had the Hudson River right next to it, and they made these uh they made these giant walls to protect. Basically, a, 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 you know, a, a flood to protect the Hudson from coming in. They called them uh, slurry walls. Now, these slurry walls are probably upward of about 70 yards tall and uh, you know a couple hundred yards wide. And they're just these giant walls. Well, you get down, right before you get to the last pillar, there's this massive, massive support beam. Like, just, and you can touch it. Like, and you feel like you're, man, I, you feel like you're touching, like, it's, it's venerated. Like you feel like you're touching the souls. Like like people people's essence are on this thing. You right. know, like it's and you can actually put your hand on this massive piece of steel that's bent like a candy cane. And wow. it's bigger than you could think. Like it's uh you know, it's about half the width of a pickup truck bed. And it's solid and it's just bent like a candy cane. Well in front of that is a bunch of computer screens and there you can you can you can write on them, right? So th- there's a projector on this at the base of this slurry wall. And everyone that writes where they're at can write a message, 
right where they're from, and then you look up on the screen right there, and your message from the minute you start writing it is projected and carried on. You see us right there. God bless the, my wife. What that one? God bless the the Brodzik family right there. And it, you know, it'll it'll come over your country. But all those people wrote things over their country. Everyone from wow. all over the world in different languages, and it, you're watching it be transcribed on the walls. And it happened. You know, everyone. All the stuff you see there was written within the five <coughs> minutes that it was posted. Right. You know, you see never forget up there. You'll always be in our. It probably was going to be hearts. This day will. You know. So, the children get to do that. Like, my son wrote a heart with a flag in it. My daughter wrote a flagpole. You know, it's neat. And everyone's writing their own little messages. Like I said, different languages. Yeah. You know? And then, uh, yeah, you get to this one room, and uh, you're sitting in this dark room, and you're over a glass floor. Underneath the glass floor is actually the floor to the world, to, to, to to the cellar of the World Trade Center. So, you're looking down on what was original ground, right? And on the walls is pictures of people that died and their loved ones telling you about them and you're just sitting there and you feel almost obligated out of respect for them to sit there the whole day like i didn't want to get up right you know, but you got two little babies and they're you know being a pain in the ass and you know you eventually got to leave but you wanted to sit yeah, there's there a picture of it there you know? so yeah. yeah that that's out that that so that surrounds that little room i'm talking about there's four walls and that is the pictures of everybody who perished that day wow now there's going to be pictures that don't have a face that's because the Pentagon was hit, and they got to protect some of these guys' identities right. who were killed that day. Right. All right. But I mean, it's amazing. Like, and it's for everyone from all walks of life. There's Puerto Ricans, there's blacks, there's old people, young people, white people. I mean, there's everybody that got killed by them animals that day. You know. And uh, you know, there was another one. Hmm. There was another exhibit where. So yeah, here we go. So this this fire truck right here was 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 uh, ladder three, right? This truck is actually in the museum, and that's the front of it. All right, if you can get to the next one, Bri. There's an actual video that shows yeah, that 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 one you're looking at right there. So there's an actual video that shows that truck after the collapse. And it looks just like the way that they somehow got that truck into the museum. And there's a video of guys working around it, you know. And then uh, that right there, you know, on, on, on the right side of it, we're looking at the left side. On the right side of it was was a video playing, like, of this truck, Ladder 3, you know. And, like, I don't know. I just see that kind of stuff. And that's why I'm wearing this FDNY shirt. Like, yeah. I'm proud to put that 343 shirt on. That's how many of them guys died that day. Wow. You know, not to it's mention amazing. the cops, the firemen. You know, and, and all the civilians, you know? Yeah. And uh, there's this one wall you see, and everyone remembers that day that lived through it, how clear the sky was, right? We all remember that. Just, uh, what was it? Just the other day, we had a real clue, clear blue burning sky, and it just made me think of that. And this artist had, uh, I sent you a picture of that, Brian, with the blue with the blue artwork. This artist, it's about, it's about a football field, you know, long, and it's all blue tiles, and there it is, you know? And it, it you know... No day shall erase you from the memory of history, or from the memory of time. And that wall is massive. And that's right to the right of that was where you saw all. That's the all the firemen. People. No, that's, that's just that's just some some artist made the blue tile. I gotcha. Just to represent how blue that day yeah. was. You know. Yeah. And like I said, it was a combination of art and a combination of history, and it was just so respectfully and tastefully done. Like I was blown away by it. Like I'm not a big art guy. I don't know anything about it. 
But when I looked at that, I was amazed, man. Yeah. You know? I, I got to get there. I mean, it's it, it's uh, it's it's a place that I'm, everybody's got to go see. Yeah. You know, I feel like I've got to go see there. And and it's it's interesting that we're talking about this because when 9/11 happened, was the FLW Championship on Lake Champlain. Right. And uh, and I remember it like you said it was a bluebird freaking day, and it was the last official practice day when it happened, and they ended up canceling that tournament. But I remember it like it was yesterday, you know. I thought that when I, I was coming home from the police academy, I was teaching there at the time, and I thought I was listening to a best of Howard Stern from when they hit the towers in '93, and I didn't know that it was actually a real. Thought it was a replay the, or something. The second plane hit because I'm half listening, I'm half daydreaming. But, Brian, if you could get to that motorcycle, I want to tell this story about the motorcycle. So there's this motorcycle displayed, and right here. So this firefighter, Firefighter Batista, from it's either Engine 33 or Ladder 33. I'm not exactly sure. He bought this bike, right, and it was, it was beat down. It's a Honda. Smashed up. Well, he dies that day. Firefighter Batista dies on 9-11. And the guys from, as well as nine other, probably if you flash to the tank shot, as well as nine other guys from his unit. And people from all over the world, Honda enthusiasts, all joined together to rebuild that bike. Wow. And it's on display there. Very you know? cool. What but shot did you want, Dave? That one right there, Brian. Uh. That tank right there, there's nine roses on that gas tank, and it represents the nine guys from his unit that died that day. Wow. You know? Like, I see this firefighter Batista and I want my son and daughter to know his story. Right. Like that's who I want my kids to know about. I don't care about Colin Kaepernick, what he's sitting down for, what he thinks he's sitting yeah. down for, kneeling for, not respecting. Like I want my kids to know about him. I want my kids to know about like, you know, uh Gary Gordon and Randy Shugart, Medal of Honor winners in Mogadishu defending a helicopter. I want them to know about Mark Lee, a Navy SEAL that died standing next to his friends defending them. You know, I want them to know about, you know, a deputy in Georgia named Dinkeller that died in a shootout with a bad guy. Like they're the guys I want my kids right. to learn about, not these, not these retards that the media and pop culture shoves down our throats yeah. that have accomplished nothing other than natural God-given abilities to play a sport. Right. I want my son to know what firefighter Batista stood for yeah. and what that bike means. Yeah. You know. Yeah, that that's a, that's a special place. Um, that's why I'm so appreciative I, of us thanking them and yeah. being appreciative oh, yeah, of, of yeah. what they're doing for they're us the on every show. Yeah. The country, our soldiers, yep. mm-hmm. our firefighters, our cops, our EMTs. And you know who goes unmentioned that day? Is the iron workers, the welders that were out there cutting those these beams, man. You have no idea, man. Like your door isn't as wide as some of them. And they're out there underneath these deadly beams, and they're, and, they're, and they're figuring out, how do we get this down so we can go look for people? Right. right. How do we get these down so the guys behind us can come in with the dogs and try to find these people? Right. You know, those guys go unmentioned, the iron workers and the welders and wow. the construction guys that use their smarts and their experience out there that day. Mm-hmm. They were out there for weeks, months, nope. putting that shit together, wow. figuring it out. Yeah, it's, mo- it's quite a moving experience to yeah. be there. No doubt. I can hear it in your voice. Ah, you know? It makes it made me regret not, not coming up there myself, getting in my car and going up there my, myself that day. Uh, you know? Right. 
It's amazing. It's amazing. It's uh, this is a good. Uh, we're gonna take a break here. It's a good, good yeah. breaking point, Dave. That's a that's a great story. That is. Uh, can't I can't wait to get there myself and experience that. It's a place I think we all gotta go and visit once. Uh, Brian, we're gonna take it out here in a break. Anybody got a song request? Uh, anything? Anything? Uh, you pick this one, Brian. Right. I do. I do want to hear some Beastie Boys before the night's out, though. Oh, we've got it. If that's good. Uh, we're gonna take a quick break. Hang in there with us. When we come back. At the foe, at the foe, or defee, depending on how you say it, or defoe, <laughs> or defoe, 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 or defee, joins us when we come back. Hang in there with us, a couple minutes. Ike Live, we'll be right back. <laughs> 